Father, we thank you that you are good and that you take care of us. Lord, that you hear and answer prayers. Uh, Lord, you, your protecting hand is upon us even when we are not uh, mindfully careful about those things. We thank you that you always are. We thank you for your great love. We thank you for your word and the fellowship we have as believers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, ye kids, and uh, Andrew and uh, Leland, just uh, remain uh, available here. We may need you tonight. Are you going into the... Oh, okay. Good. Um, And... uh, uh, tonight is uh, our second in music, and in order for us to really uh, begin to get into the study of music, uh, we need to basically have a mechanics lesson, uh, what makes up music, so that we can understand. Many uh, have had some musical training. In fact, uh, why don't we just do this? If you've had some musical training, you play an instrument or have sung in choirs and things like that, why don't you just kind of raise your hand? I think we're probably uh, 50-50, 60-40, something like that. And uh, and so uh, I hope that uh, if you know all these things that uh, it won't be too um, uh, repetitive for you, but uh, we'll be able to keep you uh, along with this, and that we can just, uh, uh, for those who are not musical, that you'd be able to uh, gain a, a knowledge of these things so that we can uh, work together. We uh, do have some Bible verses on the back side of the sheet here, and so uh, going to try to move here and illustrate some of this just a little bit, but the basic parts of, of the music, you have a melody, you have a harmony, and uh, uh, when this was explained to me the first time, it said you have a beat, but not all music has a beat. I mean, standing on the promise really doesn't have a beat. Uh, uh, most of our hymns, but the, the word meter would be the proper word for that, that is the rhythmic arrangement of the song. And so we're going to go through this just a little bit, some definitions from the Oxford English Dictionary here, and and, and we're going to try to get a little bit of uh, musical assistance here. But the first thing we start, uh, start with is a melody. And, and it's interesting that the first definition of the word melody is The sweet music, whether vocal or instrumental, beautiful arrangement of musical sounds, beautiful, a beauty of musical sounds, tunefulness, a song or other musical performance. And then the definition, it probably is the most uh, technical to what we are actually talking about, a series of single notes arranged in musically expressive succession or a tune. And um, so what we're talking about here is the arrangement of notes to give a unique tune. And uh, if you need a copy of the outline, Brother Henry's passing them out. If we need some more, um, I, I think it's still up on my computer. It's double-sided, so just... Okay, good. So, um, and... I mean, we just sang several hymns tonight. We uh, probably the the tune I'll work with, and Hannah said she could help me with this. Is Blessed Assurance. I mean, you how many of you would can hear the tune of Blessed Assurance in your mind? It just mentioned the name, and and, and you can hear that. It it has its own sound. It has its own unique uh, thing. Many times uh, there are songs and said. Boy, I've heard that somewhere before. I mean, uh, and, and you'll find that uh, uh, sometimes even in our hymn book, we have uh, several songs that come in pairs. It's the exact same melody. It's just a different set of words. Uh, we also have some songs that are the exact same words, uh, but there are different melodies. And sometimes a chorus is added in all of these things. And uh, uh, you can actually have more than one melody 
in a song. Now, um, you, you remember, I love the Father? and You know that one, don't you? See, that, that's three melodies arranged together to make one song. If you take the same melody and sing it at different times, we have what we call a round. And uh, so, Leland, come on up here and give me a hand, if you wouldn't mind. Um, maybe give him the red mic there or something, Brother Zach, if you would. Uh, how many of you remember that little tune? Now, you probably learned it in grade school as Frere Jaca or Brother John. And, of course, we, we took the Bible verse, Resist Satan, and put to it. And so, um, uh, I'm going to let you uh, uh, help us all get started and then... Uh, you come in on the second part. I'm going to give you the hard stuff, okay? But um, does that sound... Resist, is that good? Okay, so this side, you just follow me, and we're going to sing... Resist, Satan, resist, Satan, he will flee, he will flee. He cannot defeat you when you use the Bible. He will flee, he will flee. One more time. Resist Satan, resist Satan. He will flee, he will flee. He cannot defeat you when you use the Bible. He will flee. He will flee all together. He will flee. He will flee. Okay, and so thank you. And uh, just stay loose. We're going to try to have a little fun with this if we can. But that uh, God has given us the gift of music. As we said last week, you cannot... Uh, walk down the pathway in the woods and not hear the music of creation. <coughs> Excuse me. It is everywhere. Uh, even uh, NASA scientists have recognized that uh, there is music in the uh, universe. The stars, each star has its own uh, sound waves and things that it puts off. And, and I am going to have papers falling everywhere here. So let me get that. There we go. And um, now, a, a fugue uh, is uh, is where you have more than one melody working against each other. Now I'm trying to figure out how we can divide up into three different groups. Oh, Rachel is excited. Okay. Um, so, let's see here. Um, Andrew, I'm just going to give you this side. And then Leland, from brother, uh, well, from your row back. So, Miss Greta, you're in Leland's group. Okay? And what we're going to try to do is sing different melodies. It's called a counter melody. Uh, uh, technically, it might be known as a fugue. It goes... Uh, I love the Father, I love His... No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, oh, be joyful, oh, be jubilant. There we go. Yes. Uh, it starts out with, Oh, be joyful, oh, be jubilant, put your sorrows far away. Let me get in one key here. Come with me and sing together this happy day. That's melody one. Melody two is... Oh, be, if you know it, sing it with me. Joyful, oh, be joyful on this day. Melody three. Oh, be joyful, oh, be joyful, oh, be joyful, put your sorrows away. Group one, let's go. Here we go. And now you're going to sing all three in a row, but we're going to get... Three different groups singing the exact same thing so that all three melodies are always singing at the same time. One, two, three. All right, here we go. Oh, be joyful, oh, be jubilant, put your sorrows far away. 
Come with me and sing together this happy day. Oh, be joyful. Oh, be joyful on this day. Oh, be joyful. Oh, be joyful. Oh, be joyful. Put your sorrows away. Oh, be joyful, oh, be jubilant, put your sorrows far away. Come with me and sing together this happy day. Oh, be joyful, oh, be joyful on this day. Oh, be joyful, oh, be joyful. Oh, be joyful, put your sorrows away. Joyful, oh, be joyful. All together, oh, be joyful, oh, be joyful. Oh, be joyful, put your sorrows away. Isn't that fun? And how many of you could hear how the different parts actually matched and made what we call harmony? But it wasn't, because everyone was singing the melody. Are you with me on that? And even though it sounded really neat, everyone was... There's a lot of things you can do with just a melody. And I have a little note here, just a super oversimplification. Uh, there's a thing called folk music. And, and uh, there are people like uh, John Michael Talbert, I think is his name, who claims to be a folk Christian artist. And, and I've had people say, well, what's wrong with this? I mean, it's just a melody all by itself. And here's what's wrong with it. There's... Nothing to it. It's just... I've heard people who write their own music, and I'm not trying to be overly critical here, but have you ever heard a song where the melody just went... It just wandered all through the place and never said anything. The melody by itself, just the arrangement of notes, ought to say something. I mean, how many of you have the words running through your head right now? You know why? Because there's a connection there. Uh, That melody goes somewhere. It says something. And not everything has to be totally complete. And we will um, try to uh, do some things with musical pictures, but not tonight. Uh, uh, I, I alluded to Mazursky's pictures in an exhibition. There's one of the things of a little chick chasing a worm. How many of you have listened to that music uh, or uh, the Flight of the Bumblebee? I'm sure you've heard that song played many different ways. Uh, and uh, I will tell you uh, that the neatest instrument for the flight of the bumblebee to be on is a saxophone because it really sounds like a bumblebee. It's got that buzz to it when it gets right. Never was good enough to quite do that on my own. Uh, But uh, sure did enjoy listening to others who did that. It's just fun music. But melody is a unique arrangement of notes, an arrangement of notes to give us a unique tune. Uh, If everything sounded the same... It would get really boring fast. In fact, um, there are certain composers who have written music, and and one in particular comes to mind. I'm not trying to be overly critical. Just make a statement. If you've heard uh, two or three songs by this composer, you've heard everything they've ever written because it all sounds the same. And I I believe that our Lord deserves a little variety within the realms of what is right and what is wrong. Uh, 
that God is worthy of expression, but we have to be careful. Uh, I've had people say, well, you don't understand. In Africa, they express themselves on drums. Yes, that is true, but uh, let's go back to where those drums come from. You see, some of that is code. They actually communicate. They actually uh, are able to send messages by the sound of the drums. And some of it comes from their pagan, satanic rituals. Some of it is used to, quote-unquote, call the spirits, we would say, to communicate with the demons. Uh, This is why we reject uh, what is known as reggae music. How many of you know what that means? It mostly comes from the islands. Uh, Where it comes from, it was from the slaves that were deported there to the islands from Africa and other places, and they brought back this ritualistic music that was used in their worship of the spirits. And uh, you can look that definition up in Oxford English Dictionary. I'm not giving you a Bible uh, definition. I'm just telling you where that music comes from. It comes from the worship of the spirits. This is what made the Beatles different than Elvis Presley. And uh, many of the 50s, uh, and I'm not by any means endorsing Elvis Presley, please. I mean, he sings hymns and I want to go vomit somewhere uh, because of everything else that's attached to who he is. And I, I know people, some people say, oh, my mom loved Elvis. She, I mean, she grew up in that era and just, uh, uh, she's in heaven now. She knows better. Amen. Uh, the truth is, there is so much to music I like, I don't like. And we got to be careful. Because if we're not, what we will do is we will allow the world to influence our worship to God. I mean, there's, there's a lot to uh, music, and really, uh, I'm not going to, but I could go on to iTunes and buy a lot of what I would call garbage music, and I could watch different people respond very positively, and, and I could tell you where you came from. Uh, some of you, if I played some 70s rock songs, you'd be going, oh, yeah, oh, I'm in church. <coughs> Uh, and it's because we're tuned to that kind of thing. And what we have to understand is the first part of music, the first thing that we evaluate is a melody. Uh, do you realize that some of these songs, uh, I'm looking for a new choir song, and so I'm going through some things, and I saw this one song, I said, oh, uh, I love this. It's an old uh, Come ye sinners, poor and needy. Uh, beautiful, beautiful old hymn sung in a lot of uh, Appalachia country and things. And they had somewhere between a, sing, a swing and a blues beat to the back of that thing. And uh, man, I was just so frustrated with that. How do you do that to a song? And yet people do it. The melody is the tune. It takes us where we're going. And so we want to understand. Do you realize that in a lot of rock and roll music, the melody is almost monotone. It's just like one or two notes, just back and forth. Uh, We uh, regularly uh, criticize much of this, what is classified as praise and worship uh, music, the new music of this day, because... And when I say new music, I'm talking the last 25, 30 years is when praise and worship has come into its own. Hillsong, if you uh, know that name, that genre of music. Uh, uh, I I remember Keith Green, who is considered one of the founding fathers of contemporary Christian music. And and, uh, contemporary Christian music is uh, 
is a contradiction of terms. Uh, what, it's, what it should be called is worldly Christian music. Now, does that make sense? Uh, no, it doesn't. And yet, that, that is what these people were doing. And the melody takes you somewhere. So let's start with that. Then we have this thing called harmony. Now, harmony is different than melody. You see, you can take two or even three harmonies and sing them again, uh, melodies and sing them against each other in a round like we did here. Uh, you can take, uh, uh, what was it, uh, our choir just before Christmas for the missions conference. We did, I'll tell the world that I'm a Christian and I have decided to follow Jesus. And we took those two songs and sang them together at the very same time. And what that did was kind of help bring the message out. And it was just a really beautiful arrangement. How many of you remember that before the missions conference? That was, uh, that was very good. And we're working on some other music here. But harmony is when we are, here's your definition, combination or adapt, adaptation of parts, elements, or related things so as to form a consistent and orderly whole Agreement, accord, congruity. Now, uh, that is the overall definition of the word. Uh, uh, last uh, fall, I preached on harmony of the Gospels. We took uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and went through all four of them together using the passages that were paralleled, trying to put things in a chronological order. In music, that's definition five. It is the combination of simultaneous notes so as to form chords. That part of musical art or science which deals with the formation and relation of chords, the structure of a piece of music in relation to the chords of which it consists. Distinguished from melody, which is a succession of notes forming an air or tune, and in strict modern use from counterpoint, which is the combination of melodies, but also used of any music in parts, sometimes in early use, in synonymous with counterpoint. And what that's simply saying, in the earliest music, the only harmony that they would do was to take the melody and sing it at different times. That's kind of where your Gregorian chants and uh, some of those things come in. But... Uh, the idea of a chord is several notes struck at the same time to give us a fullness of sound. And even uh, in our church choir, sometimes instead of singing all four parts, we'll just sing three parts. Or our ladies uh, in their group will sing two or three parts. And uh, if you're careful in your choice of parts, what happens is your ear and your brain fill in the missing tones to make the whole chord. It's, it's just part of how God made us musically inclined. Whether you think you understand chords or not, you're listening to them and you're actually making them. And, uh, um, and so, uh, Hannah, if you could just come to the piano, I think Blessed Assurance is what, 393 or something like that? And, uh, now, what I'd like you to do is just play the melody by itself. Just pick it out one note. And now, all of us recognize that. Now, would you just play the alto part by itself? recognize that song anymore it's the same song um, and yet we have people in this auditorium that sing alto on a regular basis and you can hear those notes and you can sing I sing uh, uh, have sung and occasionally they let me sing bass in the quartet and uh, uh, and I've been actually doing that since high school. And I can pick out the, the bass part. In fact, uh, the song that uh, um, Stephen um, 
Julia helped Stephen Wright for his graduation. I'm steadfast and unmovable. That was not arranged in a quartet, actually. And uh, she would play through the song, and I had to pick out the bass by ear. And we put it together and, and uh, had a nice quartet, and we sang that at the men's meeting in uh, um, uh, New Hampshire this past fall. But harmony is where we put multiple notes together to get one sound. And the thing that you have to be careful with with harmony is not all harmony is good harmony, all right? Uh, And, you know, it's not just straight uh, putting uh, things together here. it gives structure, it gives depth to the music. I remember in high school, my saxophone teacher said, Now listen, you've gotten to the point to where I want to start teaching you chord progressions. And I said, uh, what are you talking about? And he says, well, different types of music have different chord structures. There is a jazz chord progression. Unfortunately, you can hear it in some Christian music, and that's not good. Blues, which is a type of jazz, has its own chord progression. And as he was explaining this to me, I said, well, how does that work? He says, well, basically, once you memorize the chord progression, you now have a set of rules that you can do anything you want as long as it fits in the order of chords. That is, the word is improvisation. What that means is, it's not written down, but if everyone is following the chord progression, then you know what part of the chord the alto sax is supposed to play, what part the tenor sax gets, what part the trombone or the tuba gets, what part the clarinet or the trumpet gets, and... Then, you do whatever feels good. Seriously. And you keep working at that. At first first run through, it's horrible. Second or third run through, all of a sudden, somebody starts picking out a melody that sounds kind of cool. And then, the different parts come in, and before long, you have a tune that is called... It feels so good. And the fellow that wrote that tune and put that out, and his name just went, Chuck Maggioni. There it is. And some of you know that song. And if we were starting to play it, you'd be going, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's not talking about nice things. He's not talking about moral things. And there's not one word in the song. But the message is absolutely clear. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You don't need to say amen because that's not a good thing. There are many different types of harmonies. We can arrange these notes in different ways. Uh, What I have here is SATB. That's soprano, which is your melody, Alto, tenor, bass. That is the standard arrangement of all the hymns. Oftentimes, what we'll do is we'll do a soprano, alto, and bass, eliminate the tenor line, which is the most difficult to sing, by the way. And your ear will naturally fill in the missing part. And it sounds very full, very good. Trios are are some of the most versatile music. You can have SSAA, which is all women's voices, Uh, You can have TTBB, which is tenor, tenor, bass, bass. Um, One of the things I like is quartet music because it arranges things differently. Instead of the melody being on top, you have the highest tenor, which is a harmony part on top. And it gives a completely different sound. Now, uh, most... uh, Much of what goes for gospel quartet music has been greatly perverted in this day. Uh, But uh, 
I'll tell you, there's still some very good uh, 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 music out there. Um, Amen Quartet, we sell some of their uh, recordings here. You can get Glory Bound through Heartland. Uh, uh, all of that is uh, uh, some very good quartet music. Uh, some of the, a couple of the Amen Quartet songs are a little edgy. Uh, how else do you say that? Uh, uh, they're, they're good for listening while you're driving down the road, but we really wouldn't want that in, uh, in a church service, some of it. Um, but th- that is your harmony. Then you have meter. Now, here's the definition of meter. Any specific form of poetic rhythm, its kind being determined by the character and number of the feet or groups of syllable of which it consists. And then, uh, new edition, this was 1997. It says, since six in the dictionary becomes seven, add 6.6 musically, the basic rhythmic pattern of beats in a piece of music or part thereof, usually denoted at the beginning by a time signature. Now, just like there are different types of harmonies, there are different types of rhythms. How many are familiar with John Philip Sousa music? A uh, military band. It is just uh, very boom, boom, straight forward, right down the line, and uh, nothing there uh, that would be considered bad or evil, but it is uh, what it is. Jazz, blues, country, rock are, are clearly distinguishable from each other and from classical or hymn, hymn music. And then what makes it complicated is we have a group of people who are constantly trying to make something that has never been made before. And uh, that's where we get into this rap and techno pop and death metal and thrash metal. And, uh, and they have all of these different names there. Um, I actually forgot this under Harmony. A man named Debussy, uh, turn of the last century, early part of the the 20th century, um, actually decided to come up with a new scale. Uh, And he tried to invent different tones. Uh, We used to have a fellow right over here somewhere. I'm glad I don't know which apartment it was. Uh, but apparently he was from India or Tibet or that type of music, and they sing what we would say on the piano between the cracks. Seriously. Uh, instead of going up in simple half tones, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, they've got one in between those things. And I will tell you, it will set your soul on edge. Uh, You're just sitting there going, okay, that's a real... Oh, there goes one of those, another one. And man, I'd shut the window and turn on the air conditioner um, and try to drown that out. Because what, what we have going on here is we have people always attempting... To do things that are uniquely them. Now, I want to ask you what, or let me just make the statement. The greatest sin normally committed with music is that which draws attention or glorifies anything else but God. That is the greatest problem with music. The biggest problem with most of what we would call contemporary music today is that uh, I am, uh, on on a scale of one to five, I'm about a two, um, maybe two and a half. Uh, Certainly not uh, a a really qualified uh, uh, singer by any means. 
at the best on my saxophone, I was probably three and a half or four. Um, but the uh, point being is most of this new music is unattainable to a person of normal abilities and talents. The range of the voice has to, belongs to a special few. Uh, the, uh, the extremes in the pitch, again, uh, uh, the Southern Gospel Quartet, if you've heard anything in the last 30 years, you normally have uh, this tenor that can sing higher than most women can, and, and a bass that just, I mean, uh, takes the piano on a run for its money way down there, real super deep. And when you hear them sing, you're going, wow, what great singers. These people really have talent. How many of you have ever heard Sandy Patty sing the national anthem? Am I the only one that's heard that? Don't, don't go look it up. But anyway, I'll, I'll let you know that toward the end of the song, she is shattering the glass on Memorex and, and your eardrums and uh, and it, I mean, it is super impressive. I mean, it really is. I mean, only a handful of people in the whole country can sing like that. But where does the attention go? It goes to the singer. And if I can just vent a few moments, I remember when we were on deputation, this was 1990, so do the math. I mean, this was a long time ago. We were in a church, and this person got up and sang, and I, I, I can just remember it as yesterday, put on the soundtrack that belonged to one of these famous singers. I'm not sure if it was Sandy Patty or Amy Grant or one of those people. This was many years ago. And then she held the mic and thought she was in a nightclub swaying back and forth, and thought she was singing like the person who made the recording. Uh, again, you're going to have to be very patient with me because some of these things are going to be very critical. Uh, she wasn't good enough to carry the mic bag. I mean, it, it was terrible. I mean, on a scale one to five, we're, we're talking a definite one, maybe. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with being a person without great musical talent. I want you to understand that. But there's something terribly wrong when you think you're a five. And you're up there doing all of these things as if you were the great singer. Um, somebody sent me a link on a tape, and I'm not going to play it for the church because it was not good music to start with, but it had this girl in a recording studio singing, and you, you would think it was a uh, really talented singer, and you see the guy at the soundboard going, <laughs> and then the mic went into the sound room, and you heard her singing, it was like, oh, I mean, this music brings a tear to my ear, uh, uh, and the problem we have, okay, is there is so much pride in music. And who is the father of pride? The devil is. He is the chief musician. And believe it or not, I don't have the exact dates, but there was a time when even uh, in England, Baptist people got involved in this conflagration, we might say, in the, the quote-unquote churches of England. And they were fighting that it was evil to sing songs of any kind. Now, I don't know how you read your Bible and say it's wrong for Christians to sing songs. I don't know how you do that. Music is part of worship. 
Yes, in the temple they had specific people to lead in singing, but there was times when everybody was supposed to join in. Uh, there was times when they were supposed to be leading. And, and before I run out of time, I just want to touch on lyrics. Uh, it says, of or pertaining to the lyre. That is the first harp or forerunner of the modern day guitar, actually. A meaning meant to be sung, pertaining to or characteristics of song, now used as the name for short poems, whether or not intended to be sung, usually divided into stanzas or strophes and directly expressing the poet's own thoughts and sentiments, hence applied to the poet who composes such poems. Definition number four, the words of a popular song. Okay, the lyrics, when we use that phrase, we're talking about words. Words are meant to be sung. Now, how many of you have heard songs where the lyrics didn't quite fit in and it was just like, uh, what, what was that? Uh, and, and you really, it, there is a true art form in taking the words, the lyrics, and fitting them to the melody. And when things are done right, there is a beautiful message that is there. But I want you to get this right from the beginning. Good words and bad words are not necessarily connected to the melody uh, from which they are sung. Uh, You can have good words with bad melodies and you can have bad melodies with good words. And I want to challenge you that from a point of consistency and simplicity in Christ that we throw both of those things away. There there is no words that are so good that we can tolerate bad music. And there is no music that is so good that we can tolerate bad words. Now, there are some melodies out there that everybody has taken to. I mean, how many different tunes can you find Amazing Grace being sung to? The words. I mean, I know of at least five right off the top of my head. I could not sing them all for you, but I can hear them up here. Trying to get them out there where you could hear them would be very tedious and painful for you, so I won't subject you to such things. Um, So... We come through, if you flip your page over, there are several verses here. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 33, Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Now, I put that verse in there because uh, that is my theme verse for the saxophone. Amen? Uh, to uh, uh, play the Lord a new song. And, and simply what that means is, God is not afraid of us, nor is he not desire of us repeating What we know. I mean, how many times has Blessed Assurance been sung in this church? Uh, Many, many, many times. And I'll tell you, uh, if you're tired of... I had a preacher once say, Well, how many times are you going to sing Blessed Assurance? Till Jesus comes back, smarty pants. Uh, What is wrong with that song? If you can't enjoy singing that song, there's something wrong with your heart. I want to challenge you there. But we sing new songs all the time. Uh, The Lord has blessed us. We've got many of those little scripture ditties that uh, we sing that have been put together. And and they help us remember the verses there. Um, Here's what it says. In Psalm 92.1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Psalm 96.1, that was 92.1, 96.1, O sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth. 98.1, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. God wants us to sing. Not only in the Psalms, there's many other verses we could go to. I just put these in here. Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. And the Bible says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, I will tell you that I read that 
verse as a very young preacher. And I said, you know, I, I want to do something about that. If Jesus ended that service with the song, and that's why from day one, uh, October 8th, 1992, I, I just picked a song. Take the name of Jesus with you. I like that song. Uh, that is our uh, theme around here. If we come to church, we ought to be able to take Jesus with us when we leave. Amen? And uh, I, I hope there's no one out there secretly. Do we got to sing that again? Well, uh, I'll tell you when we'll stop singing Take the Name of Jesus with us is when there's no need to. Uh, that'll be in the Millennial Kingdom. All right? Uh, and so until Jesus comes back, We'll keep singing because there is a need to be reminded. And I hope that you never forget the importance of that. It was a biblical tradition. Jesus did it. It doesn't hurt us to follow that thing. Uh, you're not sinful if you don't end your service with a song. Uh, we uh, Sunday night, we end our prayer meeting with a word of prayer. But uh, Sunday morning, Thursday night, I like to end with a song. And, you know, uh, uh, traveling... Uh, to churches, uh, when I grew up, the church I grew up in, uh, we'd have the invitation, people would come, they'd pray, and then they would pray and sing the song of invitation, and then they would pray and everybody would go home. And, and I'm not against praying, but I just like that pattern that's in the Bible. Now, hopefully I got all these references right. Hebrews 12.2. Let's just look at a few verses, then we'll be done. No, that's, I'm not sure where that one... Um, I must have copied that reference out wrong. Um, uh Ah, there we go. Thank you. Wherefore, lift up the hands. 2.12. There we go. There we go. I got the one in the wrong place. Okay. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Thank you, Brother Jason. And Ephesians 5.19 talks about singing to yourself, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart. Uh, James 5.13 says, Is any merry? Let him sing songs. These are things that we're supposed to do in the church. In the book of Revelation, in eternity, we're going to be singing songs. The 144,000 which are not Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way, but Jewish people who are saved in the tribulation period, they get their own song to identify themselves and sing unto the Lord. No one else can sing it. We will stand and we will hear that song sung, but we can't sing it because we're not there. We're not part of that group. The, uh, there, there is bad music out there. And there's a lot of it in a lot of churches today. And one of the big things that you will hear me repeatedly, and I hope that I am not being tedious to you, I hope that you are listening because I will promise you, if you let this bad music into your soul, it will affect your ability to worship God. We do not want worldly music forms to be used as an offering to God. And so, um, the problem with the 50s rock and roll was, Elvis Presley said it this way, rock and roll music is rebellion. Well, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Uh, that's not something we want. But when the Beatles came along, things changed. Completely. And now we have riots and we have people stamping on each other. Um, which was, when I was a teenager, The Who was the name of the group, did a concert in Baltimore 
that set the record for the loudest concert in history. They said you could hear the music coming out of the venue which the music was played miles away. That people stumbled out of that auditorium with hearing loss and hearing damage. Uh, and this is what they did. There were five or six people trampled to death on the way into the concert. It was, uh, it was a terrible debacle. But here's what happened is they were now incorporating music that was used in satanic worship into their entertainment. And it changed everything. You see, the greatest sin is when we allow our music to bring glory to something other than God. When you sing Blessed Assurance, and I know we've referred to that song a lot, but it's just an a great illustration of what we're talking about here. It's a lightning rod, we might say. What are you thinking about? I'm thinking about all the wonderful things Jesus has done for me. Thinking about how good God is. You know what? We sang, for he's a wonderful Savior to me. And I want to encourage you, if you sing harmony, if you know how to do that, to do that in our hymn singing as a congregation. It adds. Uh, Sometimes uh, uh, you might see me and my mouth is going at a different rate. I'm singing one of the harmony parts there. And and, uh, uh, one of my favorite songs is, And Can It Be? And uh, I love that counter melody there where you come in and can it be and just sing that wonderful hymn to God on the course. Amazing love, amazing love, how can it be, how can it be? You're echoing that melody uh, and uh, putting that all together. And, And I want to encourage you, if you know how to do that, do it. If you want to learn Uh, We're going to try to give you some opportunities during this series on music to learn a little bit on how to do that. Uh, We'll probably have to have uh, some meetings outside of regular church time if you really want to learn how to do it, because it's a lot of hard work. Uh, It it takes uh, a great deal of effort to learn how to sing harmony in a way that actually adds to uh, the service. And uh, uh, I, I love it when, when we use our congregation as a big choir and get those different parts going and get that harmony going and the, and the good melody and the good words and use that to draw our hearts toward God. This is church music. Now, not all music is church music. And not all non-church music is bad. But, what we're talking about primarily right now tonight is we're talking about what we use in a worship service in church. We want it to have a real melody to it. We want it to have words that actually mean something, that draw my attention and my heart. We want to have a harmony that allows me to get lost in the message of the song. Do you know what I mean when I say that? That You see, this is the danger of the quote-unquote Broadway type music. I have never been to a Broadway show and I have no intention of ever going. Because that musical experience that is there is meant to completely consume your sensory perception and take you where the music goes. And most of it ain't good. In fact, I don't know of any of it that's good. I do remember a preacher friend says, Oh, my daughter's been after me. And I finally said, Okay, I'm going to take her. And they went to one of those shows. And I, I, I saw them the next day. And I said, How was it? 
should have never said yes. You know what? I'll take his word for it. It's, yeah, oh, I mean, it just fills you completely and just. But how many of you have experienced the singing at Southwest Baptist in Oklahoma City? I will tell you, you get lost. You got 1,800 people singing, and there's a lot of people down there. They got all the college students and uh, the choir, the combined choir, I think, is 130 people, 125 people. And, boy, the music gets going. And I, I never will forget the night Brother Floyd was leading the 90 and 9. Was anybody else there that night other than my kids? Uh, and not all my kids because most of them weren't even born. Yeah, I, I think Anita and Carolina, I think you guys were there. I mean, I thought for sure this guy was going to heaven right there on the platform. I mean, the sound, I mean, the, the walls were moving, everybody, I mean, it just filled, you couldn't even, all you could think of was the message of the song, that lost sheep that Jesus went. That's me. That's you. What a, and you know, it's okay to get carried away in a good thing. But uh, there's a southern gospel song that says, I'm going to get carried away until I get carried away. Uh, that one you just need to step the flapper on the trash can and throw the song in there and let it slam tight. Because it is just nothing. Um, you see, what we're talking about here is learning on purpose the parts of music so that you can start picking things out. Oversimplification. Folk music is an overemphasis on melody, and it's just, okay, it's there. We don't want to give that to God. We want to give something that's good to God. Overemphasis on harmony. Hello, Hank Williams, country music. Emphasis on beat. Do I need to explain that to you? I mean, all of the various forms of rock music and its thing, it's all about the beat. Everything. Jazz is the same way. It's all about the beat. Not only is it a bad beat, there's nothing else left. You take the beat out and it's like... Uh, remember one time we had a group come in and I'm going to be done here. And uh, they had some music that was contemporary in nature. And we're going, do we even let them sing this song? And uh, and they said, well, do you have somebody who can play the piano for us? And I said, my wife can play the piano, but she's going to straighten this thing out. And she did, and they couldn't sing it. And what I mean straighten it out is that she made it sound like a real song rather than a worldly song. And they were like, mm, what's wrong with this? Yeah, I'll tell you what's wrong with this. It's you're loving the world so much that you can't give your best and you can't give time to the Lord. And so, let's strive. Uh, our church has had a, what I would say is a very solid music program over the years. We've done what we've done on purpose. And we want to keep it that way. But if you go home and listen to all this contemporary stuff, I'll tell you, you'll lose your taste for the things of God and the true hymns of the faith. It, it is a choice you have to make. And so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of music. Lord, we thank you for the part that it has in our church and in our worship to you. And Lord, I just pray that you would keep our church united on this, that we would reject this worldliness, that we would not hanker after the world and their patterns. And Lord, that most of all, we would never take music that will draw attention to the musician or the message more than it does to the God of the message. 
Help us be careful, Lord. Make us sensitive to what is good and what is right and what is best. And Lord, even when we're at home and we have choices to make, that we would not allow the world to pull our thoughts and our desires away from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take our prayer list here. and. Uh,